This is Unsocial Spectators with Clay Harrison and Mark Ramsey. And uh, you can find us at unsocialspectators.com and also at unspectators on Twitter. And welcome to episode 66 of Unsocial Spectators. Hey now. I'm Mark. I'm Clay. And we're... Doing, social. doing a podcast. <laughs> it, uh, our our health won't keep us down. No. And we're not going to pod fade. We're going to keep pushing. Do, do we have any uh, hospital stories this week? No. I don't so think so. I, <laughs> so, I, so I had to go pre, pre-surgery lab work. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, uh, just got you know the piss test and the blood and everything and and uh, got to talking to the guy there who was taking my blood about agent orange because uh, that's the shits in my body and uh he was talking that he was in the military and he uh worked on the medicine side of it and had a guy who claims to have been exposed you know like modern day which you know that shit's illegal now is like after 71 and so uh he said that he got to draw blood on this dude but like 26 tubes like i've never been to the hospital and had that much blood drawn but like usually it's like maybe four at the most i think six in the hospital this dude had like over 20 vials of blood drawn and he goes and then we didn't have we had like this one person who stood there and like waited for the blood because it was all this military shit to make sure it was straight up and i was like yeah they don't want to they don't want anyone faking that shit or trying to get in here and get some money from them god forbid yeah so this week we're talking about the arena from 1974, which had a stellar um, cast and crew. I mean, we've got Honey, we got Jackie Brown in it, and uh, uh, but Joe Dante shows up as the editor in the credits, which kind of freaked me out because I went to go look and I was like, "Yep, yeah, that's him." But this was a Corbin flick, so, I mean, he hired tons of people, you know, that went on to do, you know, Nicholson. And, (laughs) you know, uh, you could just go through a laundry list of the celebrities that started with Corman. Yeah, Corman, he would reuse music and he would uh, uh, always use the same people. They made the... The trailers, they edited, they directed, they did all kinds of stuff for him. Yeah, and uh, he would, uh, and he, he just somehow could make like a cheap movie. Like he just knew the budget limitations and could make it even cheaper. Yeah. And, uh, and, and it usually shows. <laughs> yeah. That's usually where his films hurt the most. I mean, he, he has an interesting uh, documentary out uh, called doom. Uh-huh. Uh, that's about the failed Roger Corman, fantastic four film, because they, the company was sold the rights to fantastic four and they hadn't made a movie. And basically if you don't use them by a certain time, they would expire. Right. So they invested enough in a rod in a movie and they had Roger Corman do it. 
uh, just so they could hold on to the, the title just a little bit longer because they thought, oh, we'll be able to make it soon. And they never did. But there's a cool documentary out called Doomed that's about that whole making of that movie and these people who were like cast and crew were basically, you know, you're going to be making this for kind of like, this isn't going to be released. This you're is right. essentially, we're, we're just doing this for legal reasons. And, and and it was a weird performance, you know. It's actually my favorite Fantastic Four film because they still haven't been able to do that story very well. Uh, yeah, yeah. Corman did, he did some big movies, you know, but... Yeah, he's also tied to the Fast and Furious franchise. Oh. He, um... Yeah, he made the first Fast and Furious movie, uh -huh. which was really, he just wanted a car chase that would take place during the whole movie. And so uh, it, Universal comes around and they're like, we're going to make a movie and call it Fast and Furious and we need to buy the name from you. And so he thought about it and thought about it. And he traded the name for like the digital rights to the lot to, to their library of stuff. So like stock footage and things that he could use in movies. And he just traded the name straight up for that. He goes, I made a whole movie out of stuff they gave me called Cyclops. <laughs> wow. That's crazy. Yeah. He, yeah. he was a real interesting cat. And the two, the, the two screenwriters on the film both wrote, uh, Planet beneath the planet of the apes and uh omega man yeah yeah two yeah. of my faves yeah i thought it was pretty good you know it wasn't the greatest but it was okay yeah i think i mean it's a women in prison genre exploitation type film but this time they're gladiators so uh -huh. so instead of the fights in the shower they have fights in the arena yeah, they had a food fight in the kitchen. <laughs> Which was really, really fucking weird, because I was just like, nobody's really doing any harm to the other person. They're just kind of smearing snuff on each other. <laughs> well, yeah, well, it's a big Titty Karma movie. Yeah, that's that was the main reason to make these movies back then, was just like, and I think the movie that... Um, um, Oh, shit, I called her Jackie Brown earlier. Who am I thinking of? Coffee. What's her real name? Oh, Pam Greer. Pam Greer, yeah. Yeah, uh, the movie she made before this was a women in prison movie, Black Mama, White Mama, and it was about like the them, them escaping prison and being on the run. Uh, this one was more about the women kind of coming together to not have to kill each other, but to slaughter uh, the upper crust that was running the shit. And, you, and even the... There was a, I did like the the woman who was a traitor uh, to to all of them that like when she got into the arena she claimed to be a woman of Greece and that would offend all the people because of course Greece people wouldn't kill kill each other and so she was taking she was taken out of the group and saved uh, for now. Yeah, she claimed to be Roman. <clears throat> Roman, yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, I thought it was much better than Gladiator. <laughs> I know you have what you hate that fucking movie. I did love the bad guys because they were pieces of shit. And, and especially that little, uh, I don't know how to describe him. Uh, the guy with the makeup. <laughs> oh yeah. He was, he was a little fan. Yeah, he was, he was a character. And so it was, and then they had, uh, 
when I looked on IMDb, it was funny because people, I guess, that don't get credits in film will go to IMDb to get the credit. Right. And and so there were people who were listed as like uncredited in orgy scene. <laughs> yeah, the the fan guy, he reminded me of Biggest Dickus. Yeah. Oh, okay. So when they started showing the, the men fighting, there did you notice the one guy who had the big comb over? And I was just like, no. in what? <laughs> I was like, in what fucking world are these these warriors who were very clean all the time? Like uh-huh. everything they wore was clean, which is wild because you would think on a Corman film that you'd have like a lot rougher costumes, but the costumes were just very clean and nice. And like the women wore white in the beginning of the film, it was never dirty, and they all lived outside and shit. And you're just like, they look like they just walked onto the set of a movie because they were just crisp and clean all the way. Yeah, through. it was like Carrie Fisher coming out of the trash compactor. <laughs> Yeah, it was okay. I don't highly recommend it. I give it like two and a half out of five stars. Eh. Yeah, you know, uh, I think the cool, the coolest scene is at the end when there's an uprising. You know, that's the coolest part because you you kind of get to see the 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 purge of the one percent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was kind of fun. So, what else have you been watching? Okay, we need to talk about Mrs. Peacock or Mrs. Davis on Peacock. Oh, what'd you what'd you think? I was digging it until like halfway through, and there was times I would fade in and out. And I it and and I talked to Josh about this because I said the thing that gets me, I'm gonna, and all these are going to be total spoilers for the show. Sure. When you get to her going, Simone going to meet the creator. Of Mrs. Davis, and it is a Buffalo Wild Wings. Yeah, it makes uh, total sense. App. <laughs> I I got I got mad because I go that's ridiculous. I go, but you know what? It probably could happen. Like we live in ridiculous yeah. times, and people following what an app tells them to do could be real. Like. In my mind, I've always had like these sci-fi stories of like uh, an AI takes over a civilization and basically dictates. Like in in the comic books, the Kree are run by the uh, uh, the AI, uh, and the it, it's in Captain Marvel, but you don't see it. It's actually the figure that changed shapes to talk to him because uh-huh. that's how it manipulates him. Um, but the fact that it's an AI that wants 100% customer satisfaction. Yeah. And then you get uh, you get wings, so they were giving them wings. <laughs> I got mad at that cuz I was like, but but when I was talking with Josh about it, I he goes he goes if they had made it some evil conglomerate with like a Lex Luthor type, he goes that would have been the cop out. Right. To try to pull that ending off, he goes, that's a bigger deal. And I go, okay, I can see that. But it's still, like, I just wanted something that wasn't, like, as ridiculous as reality is right now. Uh, yeah, um, I thought it was plenty ridiculous. It was fun. Uh, oh, no, it is total fun. Yeah. 
Because it uh, it it opens up the I don't know like there are so many levels to the show like you go through her childhood where she is the daughter of a magician who David Arquette plays great right but the the mom Elizabeth Marvel fucking maybe the my favorite person on the show because sure. she's just a, she's a hardcore bitch yeah like like she locks this thing in a room and and basically tells her family do not go in this room by any means necessary you just don't it's bad things will happen and the dad talks the daughter into doing it and she's like what like 10 how, maybe 12. yeah maybe maybe 10 years old and the tripwire triggers a arrow that shoots a kid that just <gasps> fucking right. catches you off guard like holy shit um but then how everyone's so tied together since that point, because she meets her future boyfriend who she almost marries, but then she prays hard enough. She ends up in a diner and meets Jesus, who she falls in love with. So she joins uh, the church and becomes a nun because she's so in love with Jesus Christ. And she's fucking Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Like Jesus is fucking in this and. And then there's a room she can't go into because God's supposed to be there. Uh, but, uh, you know, it was probably a parable for the room she got arrowed in, you know? Yeah. Uh, Betty Gilpin, who plays the lead, is fantastic. I loved her in Glow. And this is just, she makes you believe the shit that's happening. Like, I, like the opening scene of the movie is fucking fantastic and i feel like this is a damon lindelof he he laid out the blueprints of how the show would go because the opening of the scene is a, an attack on a um uh is it a nunnery they aren't nuns are they at that point uh, it, it was just no it's a commercial remember yeah i know but it's it looks like an attack uh by the knights templar on these women who all of a sudden fucking pulled their weapons. No, no, and, no, no. The Templar, uh, they were getting executed on the fire. And and the oh. they they were getting uh, attacked by the Catholic Church. Okay, yeah, because but I thought she said, Well, you call yourselves the Templars, but you're not. And she was trying to keep the Holy Grail from them. And this all plays out like a big blockbuster action sequence that you find out like in episode four or five it's a commercial for british knights right <laughs> yeah it makes total sense and it that paid off well i was surprised at that because that was like that shit was crazy and 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 they kept talking about this grail this grail and and it's just this bowl that she has to fetch that what has happened is mrs davis has requested the the holy grail and it and um, because 100% satis satisfaction is, is our holy grail. Is her holy grail, yeah. And if, if she gets the grail, uh, Simona said, well, I will get that for you if you shut yourself off. Yeah. And I did love the scene at the end where she talks about across the way there's a windmill turning that she's convinced people that their purpose is to keep the windmill turning and exercise, you know, every day. And uh, so when she shuts off, you see the windmill stop. Right. Like that, I, that was a great shot. I love how that played out. 
but then I had this fear of like, now you don't have these, you have these lost people who don't know what their purpose is in it. Well, like, like now, like now. Yeah. So. Very much like now there, there's a lot of cool things that have payoffs. The, uh, there's a moment where you realize the AI is a great storytelling device because she goes to a baker in Italy because Mrs. Uh, Davis tells her to get a cake for uh, someone. The, the Pope. The Pope. Oh, and when the woman finds out it's for the Pope, she's like, no. And she's like, I, you'd have to have a million dollars. And right. so when she goes out and explains to Mrs. Davis, because Mrs. Davis has given everyone so much purpose, they do anything for her and they say, give this woman money. And she suddenly just has like money just dumped on her left and right. So she's able to buy this cake. Yeah. She shows up at the bakery with a trash bag full of money. Yeah. It had a lot of cool. What the fuck moments very much like lost, uh, that were very cool. But I think really, I'd love seeing the performances of, because you're watching uh, a, a person who has to deal with her parents. Bullshit. Like, like she's still dealing with that and had to go through that. And it's basically put her in this position because she because she ends up in the hospital with that kid. She gets a liver from someone who's drank from the grail. Right. And, and he, he does, too. Yeah. But he he buys into the A.I. and goes and searches or goes to find his purpose. And so he has to show up on that expiration date. And that I feel like that was a cop out. Like they said, you know, you don't have to die. You can come join us and preach and everything. I mean, it would have been a darker ending if he did. But that's what he signed up for. Yeah, with a, with a, a chicken app. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I watched uh, Lord of Illusions. Clive Barker. Clive Barker. Yeah. I've not seen that in a long time. Yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Has Scott Bakula in it? Hey. You know. I love Scott Bakula. The fan key Jansen? Yeah. Yeah, I had a good time. You know, one <laughs> it was okay horror film, you know, horror fantasy. Then I watched a Laura Croft Tomb Raider. Whoa, that is a weird film with a great cast and a terrible story and executed poorly. Yeah, and uh, Daniel uh, uh, James Bond. Who, yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he, he's just, his ac American accent is pretty bad. Yeah, I, but it was like one of his first films, wasn't it? Yeah, Daniel Craig. Yeah, and they, it's it, it's weird that they got John Voight to play her dad because I always thought that they had kind of a fractured relationship, you know. Maybe uh, after that or something, who knows? Yeah, because this was quite a long time ago. But I mean, it's it, Tomb Raider is the weirdest thing because it's one of those IPs that exist that people know more for the game. They know the films exist, but they never do well. Right. And they've made three of them. <laughs> they just keep, like, you know, but people know what it is and they'll revisit it. But I enjoyed the one that came out in, like, 2019. That was fun. I, I never watched that with yeah. the, uh, 
Vandeveer. I can't yeah. remember the first name. Yeah. Alicia Van Vandekar or whatever yeah. is pretty good. Okay, well, wait a minute. I may be wrong here because now the I'm looking at the budget for the first uh, uh, Laura Croft, and it was 94 million, but made 274 million. Yeah. So that's really good. But I think they expected more from that because it's her and it's a property. Well, well, I mean, uh, they they made another one, so it had to make some money. Yeah. Uh, uh, then I watched a few movies I've uh, already seen before. Yeah. Casablanca. Oh, yeah. And Blade Runner, uh, the final cut. Love Blade Runner. Yeah. Have I, you watched the, the documentary that comes with it? That I mean, it may be one of the special editions. There's like a three and a half hour documentary about the making of that's amazing. No, I haven't seen that. But yeah, I love Blade Runner. And then, um, uh, watch Police Academy. I saw that. I said, well, <laughs> what was it like to go back and hang with the goo? Pretty fun, but you couldn't make that today. Oh, no. Oh, no. That's what it is. There aren't many comedies that exist anymore because it, everything has to be just so politically Yeah, they're, they're so afraid to do anything anymore. Uh, yeah, but it. But I love the original police. I mean, it was just goofy. Like I, to me, that was just always silly. And people, I mean, how many films they make? Five, six, something like I thought, that. I thought seven. Maybe. Oh. I I think the last one didn't have Gutenberg in it, and that was the last one. You know. Yeah, they did change him out for another actor. Uh, but uh, I love that Gutenberg, like years later, uh, wanted to get on the sci-fi train of what Sharknado had done. So they were trying to do uh, a weird animal that he would fight. Uh, and they did lava tarantulas, lava, lava tarantulas. Wow. And one of those films is called Two Lava, Two Tarantula. <laughs> Jesus. And, uh. and they're not even good bad so they're just bad bad yeah. and he's putting on some sort of accent the whole time but they team him up with the guy that makes the noises uh, michael winslow yeah so he he shows up in it oh and the the little uh uh lady cop with the soft voice uh hooks mm -hmm. yeah yeah she makes an appearance in him yeah that's funny uh but yeah casablanca is great and uh, Blade Runner is great as well. I saw The Man with Two Brains. I'd never seen that. Oh, yeah? What'd you think? Eh, it was okay. <laughs> Just okay? Yeah, yeah, it was okay. It was, I think it was the first film after The Jerk, you know? Or maybe. Oh, yeah, is it? Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean... I didn't laugh that much, but, you know, it takes a lot to make me laugh. And then I saw Singing in the Rain. I hadn't seen that before. That was, I mean, it's the best musical. Yeah, and I've never seen the musical. I only know the music from uh, A Clockwork Orange. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the best musical ever made, in my opinion.
Okay, he he did Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid between The Jerk and... Yeah, but uh, nobody Man. watched that, and it was all just... Uh, well, I watched I, it. Yeah, but it didn't make money. Yeah, but it was the fucking coolest idea that he was just using stock footage to make a movie, and it's like, why aren't people doing that now, like, yeah. to the degree he did? Well, he, he was taking a cue from Roger Corman. Yeah. Uh, then I watched uh, Schenectady, New York. That looks like a bummer. It's pretty weird. Yeah. Pretty weird. I mean, I like uh, so many other of of that of the Paul Schrader films. Yeah, I thought this was Charlie Kaufman. Yo, Charlie... that's that's what I mean, Charlie Kaufman. Okay. Yeah, okay. He made some great ones. They're all weird too, but yeah, this adapted. one this one is hard to watch. You know, it yeah. is uh, depressing, but Philip Seymour Hoffman is fantastic in it. You know. Oh yeah, see that. First of all, it's like he's in it and he's a bummer and sad, and then um, just it, the story. I, from what I recall, it's like he's creating it for some mistake that he had made. It, it the after once it's over, you're like, eh, I don't know what I just watched. Were they making up as they went along? You know, uh, you kinda, know, huh. you know, Charlie Kaufman wrote it, wrote on a sitcom. Oh, which one? Uh, the one with Chris Elliott called Get a Life. Oh, love that one. Yeah, yeah, look at the writers who worked on that, but yeah, Charlie Kaufman was one of them, because that show's fucking weird, too. Yeah, it was a great show. Um, uh, then, let me see, what else have I watched? Uh, oh, I watched that Mark Marin special on HBO from Bleak to Dark. <laughs> Sounds fun. Pretty funny, man. Yeah. Yeah, totally recommend that. Uh, Then I watched uh, The Drowning Pool, which is a a private eye with Paul Newman. It was okay, nothing special. It's a a follow-up to Harper, which I think is a better movie, you know. Yeah. But Drowning Pool was okay. Then I watched The Doom Generation. Okay, I want to hear about this because I've never watched it. And I've always heard it's been like one of those that's compared to kids and a lot of other Gen X films. Pretty damn good. Rose McGowan is fantastic in that film. Uh, Definitely a Gen X uh, staple should be everyone should watch it it's i mean it's got parker posey yeah yeah it's about these kids who were like uh they they i mean at point at point it's a ridiculous these two these couple uh this one guy comes and hangs out with them and they go on like a road movie and the guy that's hanging out with him uh, chops off this uh, uh, guy in the mini mart's head, 
and the head still keeps talking after it's chopped off and then the wife of the mini mart guy goes crazy and kills her kids with a samurai sword and then commits her to carry and they go on this road movie and just all this fucked up shit happens and then they're all having sex together and just it's a crazy Gen X road movie but well, I think yeah. I think you love it man all right well I'll check it out yeah because I looked up the director and I don't know any of his other words but yeah, definitely a cool movie. I mean, Rose McGowan probably one of her first first films, you know. Okay, yeah. To me, like her best is in uh, uh, Jawbreaker, you know. Yeah, that's a hardcore film about killing. Yeah, yeah, but definitely uh, in high school, <laughs> you need to check it. Uh, I was surprised I never heard of it or seen it before, you know. Yeah, I'm gonna. Where did you see it streaming? A Criterion. Oh, okay. Uh, then I started watching The Last of Us. Okay, so what did you think? It's how many episodes? Were I'm, you? I, I'm two. Okay. Yeah, it's really, really good, man. I mean, I've watched the. I never played the game, but I watched it, all of it on Twitch before. So I know the story, but it's fun to watch, you know. I I, I loved it. I think uh, the two leads are great. Every I didn't need. I haven't played the game all the way through because um, I, I hate I hate sneaking in games. I hate that part of it. That's how it starts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but the uh, the third episode is great. And the last two episodes are great. Like they they really stand out for me. So I'm very curious to hear your thoughts when you finish the third one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. But I had a good time. And then I watched In the Cut. Oh Dude, this is a good, good fucking movie. It's uh, directed by Jane Champion. She just won an Oscar. Last year, you know, or a couple of years ago. I mean, it's a fucking fantastic movie. It's got Meg Ryan, and it's got... Uh, Mark Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo as a detective. And it's got, uh, from Fast Times of Ridgemont High, Jennifer Jason, Jennifer Jason Lee. Lee. Yeah. At, uh, when it came out, it got bad reviews, but... People have given the good reviews. It's like caught up with it, you know, in the last 10 years. But it's fucking fantastic, man. I really enjoyed it. Oh, interesting. It also says there's like an unrated director's cut that's available. So do you know which one you saw? No, no. Okay. No, I have no idea which one I saw. Um but yeah, really, really cool. Then I watched uh, the finale of Succession. Yeah, definitely worth the hype. Definitely worth the hype, man. Okay, okay. I've never watched it, and I've had friends who've all said, "Oh, it's great, it's great." 
but then the the finale it's been you know 50 50 on like whether to watch it now no you should watch it it's worth it definitely worth it uh then i'll watch uh, the end of season two of perry perry mansion oh yeah really good another good uh good season i just love that show Michael Ryes is fucking incredible, man. Dude, man, the he, Americans showed he could do any character. Yeah, it's just really, really good. Uh, then I'll, I started watching season two of True Detective. That's the uh, pretty good so far. I watched a couple of them, but uh, yeah, I remember not- how this one. It's not as good as the first one so far, but... Yeah, like, when you get through it, we can talk about it. Uh, there's, I mean, there's things about it I remember that I go, why did this happen? Why uh-huh. did this happen? You know, uh, but, I mean, the the actors, they got it really fucking good. Sure. You know? Colin Farrell's good in everything, you know? Yeah, they're just kind of wasted. Like, you know, that's the... Yeah. It, I... I think it's probably the direction on that one that just it failed it for me. Uh, I think it's the guy who did the Fast and Furious movie right now. That's out right now. He directed them. Oh, uh, F. Gary Graham. No, the one that currently or or left. Oh, uh, Justin Lin. Yeah, he he directed those. Uh, True Detective, the first couple episodes. Oh, fuck. Well, I'm disappointed because, well, for me, like, there's a couple of story elements I was not happy with. But, uh, uh, then I watched the uh, De Palma documentary. Pretty yeah. good. Pretty good. Yeah. And then I watched The Right Stuff. Hadn't seen that in years. Dude, I haven't seen that since probably the 90s yeah yeah i mean it it still holds up you know yeah great uh, amazing cast you know makes you feel like there was a time in america we could do shit right yeah well (laughs) then i rewatched the joker oh what I I love it, but I still like I still try to insist that 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 is two parts of Scorsese. That is, uh, Rupert Pumpkin meets um, Taxi Driver. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, then uh, this morning I watched Nine to Five. Oh, the greatness of Nine to Five! A, per- remember- a perfect film. Yeah. I remember watching that as a kid just going, this is funny as hell. Like, this is like, uh, I, Dabney Coleman's great in it. Every, uh, I loved Lily Tomlin because I had seen her do like comedy specials sure. and do like Edith Ann and everything. But then it was like, you had, uh, uh, Dolly Parton, who was like this person who had never been in a movie, come on and just fucking knock it out of the yard. Yeah. Jane Fonda's great too. Oh, she's really good. Yeah. Yeah, but that was fun. I had seen it in the theater, and I remember buying the 45 when I was a (laughs) kid, too. Yes, that song was on the radio every other song. Yeah, yeah, it was was a fun movie to see again. So I will uh, 
uh, email oh. you back. Oh, I just have a few that we could wrap up real quick. Oh, we we only have four minutes. That I mean, really, I have two things. Okay, because <laughs> we tried to uh, get Apple TV and it won't work on our Roku. Anytime we sit down to try to watch it, like it just says this video is unavailable. But it has like five things we've tried to watch at this point in our bedroom and our living room. And so we uh, we have three months for free, and if we can get it to work, we'll we'll watch probably Ted Lasso first because that's the biggest thing I want to see. But we get to the menus that lets us pick everything. The browsing is really kind of crap. Uh, and I watched a movie on Peacock called Europa Report, mm-hmm. which is about uh, a a a, um, a rocket that's going to Mars with people and international crew. That's more like a found footage film uh, and it, 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 it yeah and that's where it goes wrong because it tells stuff out of sequence it, it 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 talks like early on should we tell them about this guy that died and then you get to watch him as as it unravels and know that he's gonna die it's just it was just meh and and i've hear, heard people go oh no it's great it's great and it's like i think this is the second time i've watched it because when i remember just being bored by the same footage over and over again uh so i have some news oh yeah John Wick 5 is in development. God, I got to see John Wick 4. And uh, John Carpenter has uh, said there may be a sequel to the thing. What the fuck? Unless, unless I, because I feel like he would love to do another social commentary if he did one on global warming and that's what releases the thing. Right. Oh, fuck. But he does such close, tight knit. Like, where would he have it? Or, I mean, would he have another expedition go out? I have no I idea. I don't know. I have uh, no idea. They're just nothing solid. They're just talking about it. Next week, we're going to do American Pop from 1981. Yes. Streaming pretty much free anywhere. And I think it's like less than 90 minutes. So it's a pretty quick watch. A lot of rotoscoping, but a lot of cool music in that. All right. Uh, We'll see everybody next week on the show. Bye-bye.